Publisher Podcast, Episode 110. Well, hello, everyone. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to talk about passion projects, projects with a lot of passion behind them, social justice, activism, stories that make a difference in our world. And in today's guest, uh, we're digging into this whole topic on talking about the stories that are meaningful to you to move forward a mission that you're passionate about through your writing and through your books. So before we get into it, just a reminder, tickets for the 2024 Women in Publishing Summit are on early bird pricing. You can save $100 now if you go grab your ticket at womeninpublishingsummit.com. Don't forget to check out all of our sponsors at womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash sponsors. They have some great, great discounts on their tools and services for our audience. So you're definitely going to want to check those out. And of course, as always, visit our events page at womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash events to see what we have coming up. And now please enjoy this great great interview with Samantha Wilson. Thanks. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been And I felt what you're feeling Welcome everyone to another Publish Her podcast episode. I am really excited to bring you Samantha Wilson today, who was a contact from another colleague of mine. We actually had a conversation a couple months ago about different things that we're doing in the publishing world, and I was so impressed by what she's doing all the things that she has going on in her world, um, especially since her publishing and, and storytelling and all things she's doing are related to the concept of social good and, and bringing more good into the world and social justice and all of those types of things. So I invited her to come be on the podcast. So let me tell you a little bit about Samantha. She is the founder of Flourishing and Feminism, a publishing house with its own marketing and media company, Witchcraft Creative. Under the hybrid model, Flourishing and Feminism and Witchcraft Creative serve together to write, distribute, market, and sell books that tell heroic and inspiring stories of nonprofit organizations and their founders that serve as an evergreen marketing and revenue strategy for the mission, which is just so smart and phenomenal. While she serves as the founder and CEO, her favorite title is activist. Samantha started her journey in activism, rallying for animal rights and climate justice in 2010. In 2016, she traveled to India where she learned about the horrors of fast fashion. Shortly after her return, she began traveling the United States giving presentations on what she had learned along with actionable steps to take an everyday impact. She loves combining her love of social justice with the power of publishing and marketing to serve nonprofits and bring their stories into the hands of consumers, sponsors, impact investors, and activists. She lives in Charleston, South Carolina, just down the road from me with her husband, two dogs, and a cat. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today, Samantha. Thanks for having me. It's so weird to hear about yourself in that capacity. <laughs> I know. It is interesting to read all of those things. And sometimes when people are reading my bio, I was like, 
I sound like I might be insane because there's a whole lot of stuff happening there that one one normal person shouldn't be trying to do. And it feels like you're on a similar vein with all, all these big things, but it comes from, it really comes from passion and, and love. I think when you, when you are that, you have, are that involved in so many different things. I agree with that 100%. Yes. And I, since then we've, um, not since then, but we've definitely tried to create our model so that even though it sounds like a lot, it's very cohesive and it's um, it flows because we have two different entities. We have Flourishing in Feminism and we have Witchcraft Creative, which is sort of our umbrella mm -hmm. uh, marketing company. But with Flourishing in Feminism, which is more my baby, that's where I get to um, showcase all of the projects that I personally produce. And so another one of my titles is executive producer. And I think that's my second favorite to activist. That's really cool. Well, you know, one of the things that when we had our, our got together, had our little conversation of publishing and the women in publishing world and all that kind of stuff. And I was just really drawn into what you're doing because from a personal point, I, I did this, I did something similar. I was um, back in the early days, uh, started off with writing some parenting books and collaborative projects and things like that. And one of the thing, one of the books that we published was a book called Lose the Cape. Oh gosh, can I remember the full, full subtitle? It was so long. It was like a mom's guide to raising tiny activists and you know something about being involved. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't remember the whole subtitle. But basically the, the concept of this book was, you know, moms raising their children in a manner that they understand the importance of community and social good and community service and doing things for others. So we have that kind of common, common fact there that publishing books around this idea of, of social good, social justice, um, all of those things, but also as a nonprofit owner, um, I absolutely adore what you're doing to help nonprofit owners share their stories and get the word, word out about their, their missions, because it's one of the hardest things about being a nonprofit is you're always begging for money. That's like really, this is so much of it. So any opportunity you can to find an additional way to bring in both revenue and both people who hear your story, it's so important. So how did you get started in that? What, what was it that made you decide that was kind of your, your path? I don't know that I really decided it. I remember, so, I, so I've been like a wannabe entrepreneur for as long as I can remember. Um, I have owned a physical fitness studio. I have started t-shirt brands. I've, you know, been a freelance writer. I've done all the things trying to find like my path in the world as an entrepreneur. I do remember distinctively one day sitting in my home and like in my brain, I saw the word publishing and the word social justice sort of merge. And I was like, that's it. That's it. That's finally it. Oh my God. I found it. I figured it out. Now I'm still figuring it out um, because that's what entrepreneurship is, is you're always on the roller coaster trying to weave your way through the world of business, especially what's when it's entangled and intertwined with social justice mm -hmm. um, but I I've been an activist an active activist since 2010 starting with agriculture and big farming and trying to advocate for the animals and in 2016 I uh, quit my job and I 
bought a plane ticket to India and I went over there and I studied ethical fashion and um, the horrors of the fashion industry. And then I took what I had learned from that, plus all of my advocacy from the years prior to speak at different conferences and festivals and things of that nature about what I had learned and provide actionable, actionable steps for people. And then I also worked with filmmakers to bring like documentaries to different cities and stuff like that as well. Um, and then after that, I thought, I need to learn more about marketing because then I can reach broader audiences. So I got a job at an award-winning marketing company. And that is where I published my first article in, in a magazine. And I got addicted to that feeling. And, um, <laughs> and so I kind of grew my chops a little bit and got some more experience of um, you know, being an entrepreneur under my belt through different mm -hmm. mediums. And then, like I said, one day, these two ideas came together. And, um, and now here we are, we're a full scale production company. And we, part of our productions is also publishing. So we have our own publishing house. And um, we help nonprofit organizations and other social justice initiatives tell their stories. And the book is, it is a product, right? Because it's purchasable and um, it brings in a revenue. Our nonprofits receive 70% of their royalties, which is insane because in the traditional publishing industry, they'd be lucky to get 10%. But um, right. We, and we also, right. And we also do their marketing for them, which doesn't happen in traditional publishing either. So we set up the, the campaigns. We do all of the PR, get them on the morning show circuits all the things, right? We connect them with partnerships and collaborations and influencers. And um, and again, the, the book is a product, but it's not the product. The product is the story. It's the nonprofit itself. And the mm -hmm. book is the vessel. Mm -hmm. It's the excuse to get in front of the media. It's the excuse to have somebody interview you and give you good PR and showcase you in front of a loving audience who's ready to commit to you. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a unique way to pull donations and volunteers and impact sponsors back to your organization by producing a book. And what nonprofit doesn't have an incredible story. That's how they became a nonprofit is because there was something, some challenge within the social justice world that needed to be approached. And it came about because of an, a personal experience. That's 99% of nonprofits is because of personal experiences. And they all have stories. So we get to talk about their mission directly in the words of the book. So mm -hmm. it's also spreading the mission and giving education and inspiration and firm call to actions. And I, I think that it's so powerful to use publishing in that way yeah. because of all the different reaches that it has. Well, and I don't know how many people in our audience um, have nonprofits, but I know that many people in our audience are writing memoirs or nonfiction books that are largely about about their their stories their mission their passions and many of them may have you know themes uh, throughout their books and their storytelling of of change of inspiration of hope of doing better of of bringing about you know uh, systematic uh, changes and those types of things so can you talk since you do also have this wonderful marketing experience and background can you talk 
generally about how authors, whether it's for a not a nonprofit or for any type of book that's that's doing this type of mission, um, how to use that book to do all the things you just talked about? <laughs> right. Well, it's a. Uh... Like we said, it's a really good excuse to get in front of the media. So using it, you know, making sure that you have a press release ready to go, build partnerships. And especially if you do have some kind of um, social justice initiative weaved into it, um, there are going to be people who will happily donate their time or their resources to help you. So reach out to like your local um, I'm putting in air quotes influencers and bloggers and um, journalists in your local magazines and publications and sit down with them, tell, tell them your story because they'll give you really good PR. And oftentimes they're willing to donate that because it's a story for them, it's work for them, and obviously it benefits you. Um, that's a really good like place to start. And, and another thing is try to think about what your call to action is with the book. Like, so it's not just what do you want to accomplish with it? It's not just, you know, do you want to get more speaking gigs from this? Are you trying to use this as revenue to support yourself? Is this to launch your business? Is this to launch a nonprofit? Not just that, but what is the call to action that you want people to take in order to leave your own legacy? So like, what kind of, what kind of world are you trying to create with this book? And um, an example for something that we're doing is we're creating a 360 degree impact through a couple of our books. So we have a, we have a book that we're publishing soon. Um, it'll be out early next year, but it's about the rescue organization called The Man That Rescues Dogs. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is in the back of the book, we're listing resources for local people to go and take action. And those resources are in the forms of veterinary clinics that do spay and neuter, things that align with the mission of the man that rescues dogs. And in turn, um, because they're so excited to be listed in the book, because how many vet clinics or how many small businesses do you know get to say, I was featured in this book. Mm -hmm. um, they're so excited about it that they're promoting it to their people. And not mm -hmm. only are they promoting it, but they're willing to buy it at yes. a fraction of the price, but they're willing to buy it because they want to resell it um, in their clinics. Yeah. So not only are you getting free marketing, but you're getting, um, and word of mouth marketing, by the way, which is mm -hmm. $16 mm -hmm. dollar industry. <laughs> right. Uh, $16 um, trillion. I knew it was big, but I didn't know it was that big. Wow. It's big, or maybe it's six trillion, six trillion, six. Either way, you've got um, a T at the front of the, that illion. That's uh... it's big. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, and 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 then you also have somebody to sell to right away that's really excited about it. So it's yeah. it's three ways. So my my biggest piece of advice is get creative. There is no one way to do something. And you certainly do not have to be traditional in the way that you do your book marketing. Um, yeah. Book tours are not successful for everybody. Right. They're not even successful for people like Stephen King, right. you know, at times. Um, go grassroots and... Uh, and get in front of, you know, people who align with what you're saying, whatever your call to action is. 
I think that's a really, I mean, and it doesn't matter like what, what you're, I mean, other, I can see this for children's books. I can see this for almost all nonfiction type books. And even some types of fiction books we had, a, um, there's a woman named Joan Dempsey, who was really active in the women in publishing summit for a few years. And she, she, her first fiction book was really a social justice book at, at the root of it with um, taking on some of her topics of interest. We have another author, uh, Vicky, who has written a book. It's a fiction book again, but it's about the um, it's about the the juvenile justice system and the kids that fall into um, into into that system and what happens to them and all those types of things. So there are plenty of fiction authors. If you're a fiction author, you know there are plenty of ways that you can bring social justice in, into your own fiction books. But there are. It, all genres can do what you were just saying, where you find organizations to partner with, where you, I hadn't thought about the idea of, um, of promoting them. I mean, we list resources in a lot of our grief and inspiration books and things like that, but then taking the next step to reach out to them and say, hey, you're listed as a resource. Would you like to take the next step in partnership or share about the book or whatever? Um, well, that's a, such, such, such a great way to get in front of new audiences. And yes, if you've, if you've written a children's book about that has something to do with, um, I don't know, sickness, illness, going to the doctor, anything like that. I mean, you have 8 billion pediatricians off. I don't know that there's that many, but all the pediatrician offices, you can at least reach out to and say, you know, here's our book, you know, maybe it's helpful. <laughs> right. And going it one step further than that. Um, it's advertising for them. Mm -hmm. So they're willing to pay. And if you are a self-published author trying to figure out how to pay yes, for the publishing and the marketing of your book, then offer advertising to them, but, you know, approach it, present it to your readership as resources, because in the, at the end, it is, it is a resource. It's an easy way for them to get involved or take action or do whatever they need to do you know, if it's a doctor to make their lives healthier, if the book is about nutrition or whatever. Um, but what an amazing way to, to get that 360 degree impact and get your book okay. paid for. And that's actually, um, when it comes to our nonprofits, that is one of the models that we use because we wouldn't be able to give them 70% of our revenue without our operating costs being paid for. Right. So when we partner with these small businesses and um, you know they give us $100, $500, whatever it is to list their business as a resource in our book, not only are, you know, are they getting an excuse to be in the media and we're promoting them along the way too, um, but they're also promoting us because they're excited to be in a book and we've got our operating costs paid for, which means that our nonprofits get that, that revenue stream, um, which yeah. is, again, it's part of that 360 degrees of impact. That's awesome. And so, I mean, we kind of just touched on, um, I think the next piece here that I want to talk about is the idea of, of storytelling through or um or bringing forth some so, social justice through storytelling, and so I kind of I, I alluded to a couple of them there, but Vicky Reed's book um is one that I really I really love talking about this story because she took and I'll put the link to her book in our show notes in case anyone is interested in um going out to find more out about it, but she really um she took 
because there is such a great connection between kids who go into foster care and wind up in criminal, like wind up criminalized, wind up in jail, wind up in these situations uh, later on down the road. She really wanted to bring awareness to this topic. And it's it's called The Car Thief. It's a fiction book, um, A Boy's Perilous Journey Through the Juvenile Justice System. But she has done something similar to what you're doing. So she's using her storytelling, a really good story, to bring other people um, awareness and a level of awareness about this, this issue. But she's also using it when we talk about different ways that people can get out in the community and form partnerships and make more money, she's going into um, colleges and universities and she's speaking to classes who are in the, um, um, great day. What's the, what's uh, just, mm, what's it called when you go through to be a a cop or law enforcement, they go through academy. No, 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 no. Through the university. That's a, it's a, a degree and um and many cops have this degree political (laughs) science not political science not juvenile justice uh, oh my gosh I cannot believe this is completely blanking my mind but anyway the the training pro the the degree path in college (laughs) where you're learning about legal stuff not not law but like um oh my gosh justice it's, I think it has the word justice in it. Wow, this is so funny, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to edit this part out because before we started this podcast interview, I was telling <laughs> Samantha like how how my brain is like Swiss cheese these days. The juvenile ju- is it is justice something another. Anyway, um, yeah. So she's 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 talking to college professors and she's getting into their classes and she's um, using her book as a as a talking point about the problems in the juvenile justice system. And um, and they're buying books for their classes. So, I mean, and, and that can be applicable to so many different types of books and people and authors and all of that, if you can remember mm-hmm. who you're trying to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it's it's such a natural, a natural way to introduce something that you care about so much too. And um, the magic of books and talking about social justice issues in books is that books are where people go when they want to associate, right? Yes. Um, unlike social media, when you're doom scrolling and you go to social media, you go to Instagram to disassociate right. and just think about nothing and feel nothing, you go into a book because you want to be activated, You want to be absorbed. You want to immerse yourself in something and you go because you want to feel the feelings of life and, you know, that stories bring to you. And it's so powerful to be there. And from a neurological standpoint too, the things that happen in the brain when we're reading um, are really beneficial for people who are using books to promote their businesses because it makes people think of your brand more often. Yes. And uh, my favorite, one of my favorite psychologists always says, the neurons that fire together, wire together. <laughs> so when you have an emotional connection with a character or a part of a story in a book, your neurons are literally in your way, in your brain, wiring together, making it part of that seven bits of information that we were talking about earlier that stick in your brain. And it helps tap into that word of mouth marketing, um, you know, marketplace, uh, among other things. And um, people are more likely to recommend you 
when they read about you through a book, they're more likely to recommend you and talk about you to their yeah. friends and their coworkers. It's like two times more likely twice a week or some, some staggering statistic like that. Wow. Um, and it builds an authentic, genuine connection, unlike a social media post, which is here and gone in three seconds. And it lasts yeah. forever, right? It's evergreen. You can find it anytime, anywhere. It's always there on your shelf waiting for you. Absolutely. Criminal justice. It popped into Criminal my head justice. as you were speaking. You know, what's funny is that our listeners we're probably screaming that at their phone the entire time. It's criminal justice, Alexa. <laughs> That's oh I should have thought of that too. Darn uh, it. I don't, <laughs> you know, this is what happens. Like, and I, I understand why people get afraid of public speaking because it happens to me. And luckily with podcasts, y'all shouldn't be afraid of podcasts because they can be edited. I'm choosing not to edit out that portion because I think it's funny, but, um, <laughs> and, re- <laughs> and relatable, you know, but, but people, um, get really nervous when they're speaking and can easily like get caught up in something like that. You know what you're trying to say and you know that that word is there and you just can't find it. So instead, like you just panic, that's kind of what just happened there. But um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes, so anyway, bringing the topic back at hand, I think, you know, um, how we've, I mean, we've talked about the ways that, that you can partner with other organizations. We've obviously talked about how you can use storytelling for social justice, but you are, you are a publisher specific of these types of books. Why would you recommend to someone that they use a book as a tool for their social? I mean, we've alluded to a lot of reasons, but why would publishing be the right path or not the right path for someone who's trying to to, to bring about this kind of um, knowledge, awareness, change, et cetera. Because it's a place where you can serve so many different goals and reach so many different emotions. And it's, it's, mm. it, it's emotional marketing. And that is, um, that is the attraction, especially to markets like Gen Z and millennials. Gen mm-hmm. Z, 77% of them are readers. Millennials, 83% of them are readers. Books are such an untapped market for, for marketing in general. Um, and, and Gen Z and millennials are the leaders and conscious consumers, 40% of them, 40% yeah. of Gen Z makes up um makes up conscious consumers and this is just where they are this is where they're hanging out and these are the people that are doing something and there are our future too right um so books are an untapped place to be talking about the issues at hand plus it's a place to spend a really good amount of time building trust building engagement building up to a call to action and um, gaining that relevancy and that authenticity and um, creating a genuine story that they're going to remember for years to come. I mean, I bet I can ask you, you've already talked about a couple of books that have stuck with you, but I think mm-hmm. everybody could, if I were to say, tell me one book that really stuck with you, I'm willing to bet that when you recall it, you realize there was some kind of underlying social justice theme in it. Yes, whether you know it what? was. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say whether it was talking about, um, you know, growing up as a young a young woman going through middle school and high school. You know, there are so many different social justice themes there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or even if it was like a book about um, 
business and you know from a woman's perspective there's a lot of social justice themes there too yeah yeah absolutely i i kind of actually and i've been talking to an author friend of mine about doing a a book uh together co-writing a book together because i i kind of love the idea of using fiction even more so than the nonfiction books. I'm sure with a lot of the clients you work with, it's nonfiction books, but the fiction books are are so cool because it's sneaky, right? You, you It sounds like a really good book. It sounds like a really good story. And then you read this book and your life is forever changed because you learn something while you're reading. So, mm-hmm. I mean, while the nonfiction books are crucial and important and serve a role, like there's such a, there's such a, a space there's for being able to really, like you just said, really touch people, change people's lives and they don't see it coming. And that's the sneaky part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it allows them to sit in a role that they would never normally be able to experience. So, um, you know, I'm thinking of a book that I read once about Um, I cannot remember what it's called, but it was a fiction (laughs) book about um, the perils of young Black men Mm. and being pulled over by the police. And as a young white woman, never would I be in an experience where I would be worried simply about being pulled over, Mm -hmm. um, at least not, you know, in the middle of town, in the middle of the day, at night. You know, that's a different situation. Okay. But um, it's not, it's not to the level of what these young black men are experiencing being shot in their cars. And so when you're reading about this and you're immersed in it, you're sort of imagining yourself in in that position. And, and then you kind of come out of that, that, that reading days that you get into, you know, when you're so enthralled in something and, and you make that connection, like, good Lord. I can't yeah. believe this actually happens. And yeah. then all of a sudden there you are, you know, an activist talking about something that you never thought you'd be talking about before because you had this transformative experience yeah. reading a fiction book. Yeah. And even for those who are interested in like, um, uh, you know, I get a lot of this even from television and movies too. You really feel as, you know, we have screenwriters in our in our community, we have people who are looking to take their books and have them optioned for TV and film. And I think anything that that follows these these topics of 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 interest at a large level, you know, it's it's worth pursuing. So, what are you currently working on? You've told me about a couple of your projects in the past. You told me, tell us about the the um the the project that you're working on with the grannies. <laughs> Yes, yes, we had a we had a fun conversation about this a, a, quite a while a while ago, a few months back. But we are writing the um, a book called "The Diaries of the Raging Grannies." The raging the ra- grannies, not just the, the grannies, grannies. The raging grannies. <laughs> mm-hmm. The raging grannies are an international organization. They're a cohort of women with chapters that they call gaggles all over the world, and they use song and satire for social justice. So these women are now in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond, but they were the original 
founders of the modern feminist movement. These are the women that legitimately walked with MLK. These are the women that um, are responsible. They're the reason why we're able to get um, checking accounts without having to ask husbands now mm. you know they are the reason why um you know the nine to five movement and talking about equal pay and that we've even made any progress not enough progress but any progress in that area at all they are they are the originals the ogs and um and we are telling their stories oh, and fun. i'm so excited to bring their their anthology in in the this way as a as a collection of uh, of a diary yeah. because they get to talk about to the next generation of women right who are going to be taking over and and you know filling in their shoes for this movement um what it was like for them um but also they're talking about life now so mm -hmm. now what they're doing is they've started these gaggles and well, upon the inception of the Raging Grannies, the the original gaggles realized that no one was taking them seriously because they were older women preaching about social justice. Mm. Um, so what they did was they went home and they put on all of their pins and brooches and baubles and aprons and silly hats and created created these satirical characters out of themselves to get attention and it stuck and oh now they gosh. write they have over 500 original songs in their repertoire that they write about social justice as well so they wow. stand on street corners and they go to protests and they go to marches and they um you know they storm not storm but they you know they go to capitol buildings to protest and 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 they sing these songs and you know about what they're doing and it's about women's rights and it's about gun control and it's about all these huge major issues um rights for trans people and and why does racism still exist and it's 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 so powerful and it is so moving and um i'm actually we're actually working to create their uh their diaries into a musical as well so that wow is yes that is very exciting that is so cool and i mean i love the mission behind it and it's so important and i think it's so creative that they recognized that their voice wasn't being heard in the manner that they were trying to share it and found a really creative way to do that. Um, when, are, when are you expecting this book to publish? Because I know we have people in our audience that will want the book or will want to be a part of spreading the news about the book, all of that. How can we learn more about this project? Yeah, so this is, um, there's a little bit more information about the project on our website, and there's um, a couple ways that you can get involved for when the time for, for action comes. Um, we are going to be spending the next year traveling around to different gaggles, collecting their stories, and Fine. we'll share everything on social media. So we're planning a bunch of tea parties with with uh, these gaggles of grannies and um what we're doing with our social media is we're taking everybody behind the scenes of all of our productions so you get to be a part of it as we're producing it as we're creating it and um so i we i don't have a launch date quite yet but i know it'll be coming out next year but okay we, well, Jeff, um, what is the website and what are the social media so we can make sure we have you say it out loud for people to hear that and that we can um 
put it in the show notes for everyone. Yes. So all of my productions can be found at flourishingandfeminism.com and our social media handles are at flourishingandfeminism. Awesome. Well, Samantha, this has been a really wonderful conversation. I know it's going to um, really hit home with a lot of people in our audience who have expressed their passion about these topics and, and using storytelling to have their voice heard in the world on whatever subject it is that they want to share about and make changes with. So I appreciate you being a leader in the publishing industry of this. And I would also say that if there's someone who is looking to participate in similar projects, do you have, will you have more anthologies like this? Do you do individual, I know you do individual books, but is it social justice across the board? Or are you focused largely on the nonprofits? So thank you for asking that. So I'm really excited to share that we are opening ourselves up, not just to working with nonprofits, but for-profit um, enterprises that are um, related to social justice. And um, we are hoping to work with some individuals on their stories as well. So we're gonna open up as more of a traditional publishing company, except that we will still be providing marketing, PR, campaigning um, services to our clients as well, because I, I, I can't imagine being in the dark on something like that. Because you know, we want everyone to be as successful as possible. So if there are any individuals out there um, that want to get their story published, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, um, please, send me an email with your idea and we can um, work together to bring it to life um, in a production, whether that's a book or if you wanna take it a step further and try to get a documentary made. Um, we are working with someone on turning her story into an art gallery. Wow. Um, and obviously we're branching out into theater now too. So we can turn your story into any kind of production. Um, that that makes sense for whatever the goals and the mission are uh, which is really, really cool. exciting but a lot of room for for new authors um to be published with us and um because we are so specific and niche in what we do and talk about social justice it's pretty easy to market with us um you know to our readership because we collect that target market from all yeah. of our stories so it's it's kind of ready to go they can email you at samantha at flourishingandfeminism.com. Is that the correct address? Yes. yes Did that's I just perfect. give out your private address? Would you like me to um, edit that out and give them a different address? No, that's perfect. <laughs> you never know. It's like, don't give my personal email. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is that's where you can find me. Yep. This has been so great. And I, um, I would really love to um, come down and see you sometime in Charleston since you're so close. Um, and I, I always love a reason to go to Charleston, but um, I appreciate all of this. Was there anything else that you would like to share while you have the floor? Uh, no, just that I really enjoyed talking to you and being in your presence. And I, um, I started listening to your podcast, which is, um, you know, I started from episode one, which is like a really long time ago now, and yes. I'm working my way up. <laughs> But you put out such great content and talk to such amazing people. And I just love, I love the idea, the concept that you came up with. And I also love the work that you do um, telling your story about um, 
well, you know your story. I don't know if you've talked about it. I'm here <laughs> I do, yet. Yes. I yes. Okay. I'm very I vocal about my stories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good. I don't know which episode that is, but I'll get there. Um, but um, actually, I don't yeah. know if I've done a podcast on my story. Maybe I should, because speaking of of topics, you know, there's a whole lot that we could get into on on uh, maternal and infant health and pregnancy loss and all kinds of stuff. That's a big story itself, needing lots of advocacy around it. So yes. hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe coming to you as a client. We'll see. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Or I'm just happy to interview you for your own podcast. That would be good too. <laughs> well, that would be amazing too. We should do that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Samantha. I really enjoyed this. And um, we will make sure that everybody knows how to follow you and all the links and all the places. I'll put in the links from the books that we talked about today too, in case you want to check those out. And um, yeah, thank you again so much for your time and energy and, and passion. Thank you, Alexa. I appreciate you. You don't have to give me your heart. You don't have to give it away. You don't Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.